Hi, I'm Michaela, a student pharmacist from Cleveland, Ohio. Hi, I'm Michelle, a student pharmacist from the University of Zimbabwe in Harare, Zimbabwe. You're listening to Pharmacy Forward, a podcast about transforming knowledge into action. episode, we talk with Dr. Julie Laufenberger, Assistant Director of the Center for Healthcare Delivery Sciences at the Brigham and Women's Hospital, and Instructor of Medicine at Harvard Medical School in Boston, Massachusetts. Welcome to the Pharmacy Forward Podcast. I'm Stuart Haynes, and joining me is Lily Van. Hi there, we're from the University of Mississippi School of Pharmacy, and today we're talking about mobile health, how smartphones, mobile devices, and mobile applications are being used to deliver healthcare. And our guest today is Dr. Julie Laufenberger from the Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston, Massachusetts. Some of you in our audience may have seen the Medication Adherence Improvement Support app for engagement, blood pressure, or the MediSafe BP study which was recently published in JAMA, Internal Medicine. And Dr. Laufenberger was one of the study investigators, and we're delighted to have her join us today to talk about the results of the MediSafe BP study, but also to give us some insights about the use of smartphones and mobile devices to engage patients. So Julie, welcome to the Pharmacy Forward podcast. Great. Thanks so much for having me. So, Julie, there's been several studies published over the last two or three years about using smartphones and text messaging systems to encourage healthy lifestyle behaviors and to improve medication adherence. In most cases, these devices and apps have been used to supplement, not supplant, usual care. And overall, I think most of the studies have shown that these devices and apps can have a favorable impact. I'm wondering what led you and your co-investigators to conduct the MediSafe BP study, and what's unique about the study and the technology that you used? Our work has been largely in the adherence space, and one of the things that motivated the study was that we know that about 50% of patients don't take their medications for chronic diseases as they're prescribed. And we've known that there are a lot of solutions out there that are worthy of testing, but not all of them have really been rigorously tested. So in the last couple of years, we've been studying and conducting different studies of various adherence interventions. And we were particularly interested for this study in the emergence of apps and other kind of related technologies to support adherence. We were particularly interested in hypertension because the ability for patients to monitor themselves at home as well as the prevalence and importance of the condition. So we conducted the MediSafe BP study, which was a randomized trial that tested the effects of a medication adherence smartphone app on both self-reported adherence to hypertensive medications, but also on clinical outcomes like blood pressure control, with the whole goal of being able to see whether the use of this app led to any clinically significant differences. So Julie, that technology sounds really interesting and and possibly really beneficial to our patients. So can you tell us a little bit more about the results of the MetaSafe BP study? Um, Was there anything surprising that you guys found out of it? Yeah, we were actually a little surprised by the results. 
Unlike many of the other prior studies, we found that adherence did improve with the use of the app, but we didn't necessarily find that blood pressure was improved. Uh, Blood pressure actually dropped relatively equal in both groups that got the app as well as the control group. That did surprise us a little bit that we didn't observe clinically significant results. So, Julie, how do the results of MediSafe BP compare to the other studies? Uh, I guess the results suggest that adherence with medication was improved, but as you allude to, blood pressure control actually improved in both groups, so it didn't seem to improve more in those who got the MediSafe app. Any thoughts or explanations for why this may have occurred? Yeah, we have a few ideas. Um, One major difference was that the study wasn't purposefully conducted in a clinic setting. So, for example, we didn't conduct this under the guidance of a specific provider or done at a specific clinic. Because it's still the case that most patients, when they're using these apps, use and download them without the participation of their providers, and we wanted to mimic that. So it's possible that one explanation for the results is that It wasn't done in a clinic setting where a provider was specifically involved in titrating medications and that the interaction with the healthcare provider that didn't necessarily happen in the study might be a pretty important ingredient to the success of some of these apps. There are some other potential difference explanations for the differences too. As you pointed out, blood pressure did drop in both groups which we think could have been a result of the act of self-monitoring itself as both groups were given a blood pressure monitor to use at home. It's also you know, possible that the differences in adherence that we did observe weren't quite enough to be clinically significant to change the blood pressure. So either way, you know, we think there's a lot more to explore out there and figure this out to try to figure out what types of apps and which ones tend to work best for patients. So Julie, just as a follow-up, question on that. So all the patients that enrolled in the study were given a blood pressure monitor to use at home, and I assume they were given some instruction how to use it. Were they also given reports about how their blood pressure was doing in both groups, or was only one group given kind of a summary of how how their blood pressure was progressing? Was there a difference in terms of how that data was reported back to the, to the patients themselves? That's a great question. Each of the groups did receive the same degree of training on how to use the blood pressure monitor and what the results did mean in terms of whether that was good blood pressure control or poor blood pressure control. Um, And anything additional was specifically coming from the app. Yeah, so there was some differences in in terms of the MediSafe app was providing them some information about how well their blood pressure was controlled beyond what they got from the monitor itself. Yeah, that's right. So Julie, the MediSafe app you mentioned sounds really promising. And so I know there's a lot of other commercially available products out there. And some people are even making their homegrown systems. So if I wanted to adopt a really good mHealth device or an app in my practice, what are the key features I should be looking for, you know, now that you've done that study and able to reflect back on it? In other words, if you were advising consumer reports about how to test and rate these products, What kinds of features and functions do you think their rating charts should include? So I think there are several features that are important when we're thinking about these apps for patients. So I would suggest features like high scores on usability, being low cost. A lot of these are free, um, but I think that's a major consideration. You know, we know that these apps don't necessarily get past any issues for health literacy for patients. So that could still be a challenge and different apps have you know, different 
ability to scale to different patients depending on what they need. You know, for example, some apps allow patients to take pictures of their medications to track them or track how they're feeling when they're taking medications. And so these sorts of things all play into whether they're going to be useful for patients or not. Um, And they also should be able to nudge patients in a way that, you know, they find most useful choosing different times a day when they're going to get those notifications, all those sorts of things to help them engage with the app and you know, a way that fits with how they deal with their medications on a daily basis without creating something new for them to have to deal with. Another feature that I think is really important and particularly emerging is whether these apps could be linked with clinical care that patients are getting, you know, both in the healthcare provider's office or, or a pharmacy. And we know in other contexts, for example, also that home self-monitoring works better when it's linked with provider data or when it allows a family member or their designated person to try to track or participate in it um, so patients can get some more bi-directional feedback. You know, and again, each app might be better suited for different types of patients. But overall, I think with anything, the features and functions generally hopefully customizable to patients Sort of in the same way that we all, you know, access and listen to music on our smartphones or other devices, but we use different apps and programs to do those things. Those are definitely some great suggestions. And I really like that idea of, you know, providing nudges or even linking with a healthcare provider for that bi-directional feedback, because I think that's, that's, that is really important. You kind of alluded to this earlier when we said that, you know, mobile health devices and apps aren't for everyone, especially when you look at health literacy you know, I know for my mom, she just couldn't get the hang of it. So what do you see are some of the biggest barriers to the the more widespread adoption of these emerging technologies? Um, I'm sure there's probably several patient-related barriers, um, like the cost that we mentioned, but um, I'm guessing there are probably some provider and system-related barriers as well. Yeah, that's a great question. In my view, I think one of the biggest barriers is whether we end up being able to integrate these apps and data and other information effectively with other electronic health record systems um, that providers as well as pharmacists are using, you know, concept like interoperability. You know, on the other hand, we also can't overwhelm providers and pharmacists with these data. Giving them swaths of data isn't necessarily going to help them manage patients better you know, has to be in a format that can be usable and quickly retrievable in a, you know, couple minute interaction they might have. We also know similarly that, you know, alert fatigue is a problem. And so alerting them about new data being available without giving them context or making it in a format that's easy to use wouldn't necessarily be helpful. And affordability, you mentioned kind of the patient factors can play a role Um, But with the growing use of these types of smartphones across populations, I don't view that adoption in terms of the patient-related barriers as much of an issue. But ultimately, I think the ability to effectively target and message these data is going to be extremely important. Um, It's not a massively distinct problem from how, you know, we've been trying over time to better integrate provider data with community pharmacists caring for patients in the outpatient setting. You know, I know I'm a pharmacist too, and I know when I was working in a community pharmacy, it was very difficult to know exactly what was going on with the patient without getting updated data from the provider. So again, this whole issue is all related to the ability to connect and provide a connectivity between patients and pharmacists and healthcare providers with the ability to record these data in a useful way 
and for patients to get some bidirectional communication back. You know, so overall, I think we need to figure out how to integrate these apps better in order to get over some of these barriers that I'm anticipating. And ultimately, healthcare systems may just have to support one app if that's the direction they decide to go. You know, one example a little bit is how the the Veterans Affairs system or the VA system ultimately ended up supporting just one glucometer for diabetes testing. So overall, there are several different barriers, but I think the usability of data is one of the hugest ones. So Julie, I'm wondering what you believe some of the uses of mHealth devices and apps might be. What does the future kind of look like, you think, in this landscape? You know, I think the goal in general with adherence and other types of health behaviors is to make them as automatic as possible. So a cutting edge idea for how to use these is try to identify and predict the types of patients that would be, you know, most benefiting from these types of apps in general, in terms of interventions, thinking we're getting the right tools to the right patients. So I think the future is not only going to hold a better idea of how to target patients, how to get the right patients in the right app, but having access to better, more efficient and, and quicker data, again, through the interaction with other types of automatic technologies that people are using, like their smartphones, their computers, other things, perhaps integrating with telemedicine, the ability to order medications and and automatically retrieve them from pharmacies, those sorts of things. And I think the other thing on the horizon is being able to manage medications from afar a little bit better. Again, this idea of providers titrating medications, even if they can't come into the office, in ways that maybe link directly with their pillboxes and other things that people are already using to manage their medications. Again, enhancing automaticity and and making these types of things and behaviors automatic for patients so that if a medication change happens, they don't just have to go in and manually update in the app and then link with their pillbox and have to update in their pillbox. But if there's a way to make all of these things happen simultaneously, also customizing and framing different types of messages within the apps. And lastly, the idea of getting better bi-directional and multi-directional feedback, perhaps through all the different players, again, that are involved in managing patients between the patient, the provider, the pharmacist, potentially the family members and caregivers, being able to optimize it and make sure communication is, is a lot more automatic between these people, I think is where the use of these mHealth devices and apps is moving. So Julie, that that sounds really cool. Looking at how we're integrating apps with different platforms and and really looking at effectively utilizing the information collected sounds like it's in the near future for us all, especially like you mentioned with the potential of bi-directional feedback and communication being more automated between or automatic between the patient, provider, pharmacist, caregiver, whatever it may be. They're really going to be integral parts of this M Health system that we're trying to move towards. So, Julie, I really want to thank you for being on the Pharmacy Forward podcast today and for discussing the use of mobile health apps, um, your study, and as well as everything else to increase patient engagement. And Julie, yes, thank you so much for being on our show today. Thanks. I enjoyed spending the time with you. Hi, I'm Earl, a student pharmacist from Little Rock, Arkansas. Thanks for listening to Pharmacy Forward, a podcast about transforming knowledge into action. If you like this podcast, please subscribe using your favorite podcast app and tell all of your pharmacy friends and colleagues. Be sure to rate us and send us your feedback. We'd love to hear from you. 
If you have a story you'd like to share about someone who's transforming knowledge into action, send us an email. Pharmacy Forward is produced by the Division of Pharmacy Professional Development at the University of Mississippi School of Pharmacy. For more information about our professional development programs, visit pharmacycpd.org. That's pharmacycpd.org. This episode was conceived and developed by Lily Van, Lori Fleming, Josh Fleming, and Stuart Haynes. Thank you.